What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. to talk to you about i have a whole list it's fantastic well i have a question for you do you want to start with um pop culture Ooh. or sports Ooh. or um uh game of thrones Is that pop culture no 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 when i say pop culture i'm talking about something completely different just complete nonsense yeah We'll go by whatever you want to do. I'm going to sit no. back for a little bit because my tum-tum hurts. Oh, no. Why? Why does your tum-tum hurt? You know, I think what it uh, is is that uh, it's a very meat-heavy weekend for me mm. so far. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't usually eat this much meat on a regular basis. Okay. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm struggling. You're struggling. Pretty okay, sure the chicken wings you made yesterday were... <gasps> No, I mean, they're supposed to be rare. <gasps> no, I'm joking. It was delicious. It's just too much. Too much for my system. I'm, I'm an old person. Okay. Well, hold on to your butts because I'm about to tell you some news. TMZ okay. reported yesterday that Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan, is seen on what appears to be a double date with... Drumroll. <laughs> I actually do know this, but go ahead. Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, Larsa Pippen in <laughs> Miami. <laughs> We, uh, now, as a proponent of um, children dating adults, what yes. do you think about this? So, um, we actually talked about this. I talked about this with my uh, with my three friends uh, this morning um, <laughs> because one of my friends is he is very into Larsa Pippen, okay. like into her, like you know, and she's you know she's a fine looking person. She's okay. She's fine. But he's like, no, she's like the hottest woman alive. I'm like, no, she's really not. not I mean, right? listen, I'm all about plastic surgery. Like, if you want to change your appearance, that's fine. But that <laughs> woman does not look a thing like she used to. Like, she's a whole new face. She she yeah. has changed her face to look like a Kardashian. So I don't know and, what to. Uh, well, I mean, and you know, I'm glad that she's happy with whatever face she has now. Sure, um, it yeah. seems to be a popular face. It certainly works on my friend. Okay. Um, <laughs> Is he we, subscribed to her OnlyFans? Oh, I didn't know she had an OnlyFans. Um, oh, real? She's she makes apparently she makes uh, ten thousand dollars a day on OnlyFans. Um, so I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I have no idea why anybody pays for OnlyFans. I don't get it. Don't There's so much free stuff out there. Yeah, I don't get it. So I think the the reason why people sign up for OnlyFans is because you get to sometimes engage with the person. So Larsa Pippen has said that she will send you can send her DMs if you're subscribed to her at a certain level, and it's her responding. She can send you videos, like personal videos. So it's I think that's why people do OnlyFans. You know, um, I said that, and then I just realized that um, 
some some uh, very nice people are paying for this also. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you pay for content? What's the point of a paywall? Um, I know, um, except we're we're like really just barely. I mean, nobody's gonna say. Will you send? Will you sell your? I don't think you want to sell your feet pics. <laughs> you should only sell your feet pics to modern science for yeah, investigation. Gross. Um, <laughs> Anyway. I can no if for an extra fee I can talk about my stomach issues in detail. <laughs> okay, wait. So go back to Larsa and Scotty's or no, yes. Larsa and Marcus. <laughs> so the thing that we kind of zeroed in on was so this kid it's Marcus cuz mm-hmm. Michael Jordan has two kids. Mm-hmm. There's I think Michael Jeffrey Jordan and Michael Jordan Jr or whatever. And mm-hmm. then there's, or maybe it's Jeffrey Jordan. I don't know. So Marcus is, I think, the younger one. Anyways, the thing that we zeroed in on was that mm-hmm. imagine if you're growing up as a child mm-hmm. and there's this hot auntie <laughs> that you see around that is your dad's co-worker's wife. Yeah. And you just see her around. Yeah. And you're always like, you know, as a, like a teenager or something, you're like, oh my God, Auntie Larsa is so hot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And now you're sleeping with her. It's wild. I tip my hat. Well, so is that gross or is that an okay thing? Um, I don't think it's gross for Marcus to be into that. I think it's gross for Larsa to do this. Um, it's kind of how I feel about like Malika Aurora and um, what's his face? Um, whatever, whatever that Hollywood that actor's is. name is. Yeah, like I feel that way about like just it, it's one thing to date somebody who is older than you. That's what. But then if you were a person that knew this now adult man when yeah. they were a small boy. That's fucking weird, man. It is weird, but that for is the gross. boy. No, I understand for the boy, it's really exciting. It's like the same way for a girl, it's probably really exciting, right? Like, yeah. I, I get it, but I don't think that it's appropriate for the adult in the situation to do that. Because that, that like, as an adult, that would give me the heebie fucking jeebies. Giving, giving her something else. Um, oh my god. But uh, I think that, you know, uh, whatever. You do it, do it. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, I, I think <laughs> I would, you know, I would probably, if I knew Larsa personally, mm-hmm. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? But, you know, whatever. Have fun. Yeah, I think this is like her version of like Pete and Kim. Because, you know, she's constantly trying to make herself Kim Kardashian. So she was mm-hmm. like, well, I can't date Pete Davidson. So what can I do that's also just like wild and unpredictable? I know. I'll date Michael fucking Jordan's son. Yeah. Who's probably that kid was- like, yeah, he's he's 31. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I think Larsa was married to Scotty for 20 years. Yeah. That's gross. I high five. Was it Marcus? I yeah. high five Marcus virtually. <laughs> Good job, Marcus. Okay. Yeah, Marcus was supposed to be out of the two Jordan kids. Uh-huh. Um, There's he three, was by a, the way, but yeah, yeah. I mean the the the, the two uh, boys. Sons, yeah, he has a daughter also. Um, but he Marcus was the one that had some basketball potential, um, but it never panned out. Obviously, he would like he played college basketball and stuff like that, and there was like. When he was in high school, they were they used to talk about him like he maybe be able wow. to like go to the NBA, but mm-hmm. it obviously didn't work out, right? So I'm not mm-hmm. sure what young Marcus is up to now, but what we do know what he's up to. <laughs> okay, 
Uh, my next question for you is, have you seen all of the stuff that's circulating about this movie coming out called Don't Worry, Worry Darling? I have seen it. I, okay. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about oh God, it. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. So for listeners, <laughs> if you're not familiar with what's going on, don't worry, darling. It's a movie by Olivia Wilde, and it stars Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Nick Kroll, Florence Pugh. Um, is it Gemma or Gemma? I think it's Gemma Chan. Yeah, Gemma Chan. It's a it's a star-studded cast. Everybody's like stunning, right? And this yeah. is Olivia Wilde's like director debut or whatever. And whatever. I think it's this the second is... movie. Okay, whatever. Anyway, it was a big deal. And everybody's really excited. But honestly, I was very excited about it. And obviously the the dirt before that was circulating around this movie was the fact that people believed that she and Jason Sudeikis broke up their relationship because she had been hooking up with little baby Harry Styles. Yeah. And the timeline of this is crazy because recently Harry did a Vogue interview and he talked about how he's like totally single. He's like, yeah, you know, you go outside with like a person, you could take a couple of pictures with them and suddenly everybody thinks that you're together and you're not. So they're not together? I thought they were like confirmed together. Oh, no, they are not together. She has talked about him and he has not talked about her. And now that he was asked... He has denied it. And so there's that. And then the other thing that happened is that she talked in another magazine about, I think maybe Vanity Fair or something, about how she was originally going to cast Shia LaBeouf. And um, she had to remove him from the movie because he made Florence Pugh uncomfortable. And that's how he, why he got fired, because he had a history of uh, assault and all this stuff, like mental health issues, all this stuff going on. So she had him fired from the set mm-hmm. and replaced. And then, and because she was saying how like she's a real champion for like women working for women and why it's important for women to make movies because they're the only ones that can protect women. And she was really trying to champion for Florence and all this stuff. And then Shia went out and he released a, uh, he sent emails copy of emails that he wrote to her to Olivia Wilde that were like, Hey, really excited for your movie. I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad like things are going well for you. By the way, I've been sober for two years. It looks like things are going well. Hey, just one thing. Like, why did you say that I was fired from the set when you and I both know that I was not fired from the set? So like, if you could really just clarify that, that would be great. Yeah. So she, he doesn't hear a respond back, response back. So then he takes that email and sends it off to Vanity Fair, whatever this magazine was. And then on top of that, he releases text messages between him and Olivia Wilde, including one of them, which was a video from Olivia to Shia. That's basically her begging him to come back to the set. And she says something along the lines of, this is going to be a wake-up call for Miss Flo. Um, because she really wanted him to come back to the set. And it was it was clear that she was uncomfortable. So Florence Pugh was uncomfortable working with Chai Lovoff because he mm-hmm. had, um, like, really hor- done, like, he had, like, massively uh, f- done massively fucked up things to his ex, Twigs. Um, and it was, like, all over the news, and she had to press charges against him. It was really dark and terrible. Chai Lovoff is, like, one of the saddest stories I feel like in Hollywood because I grew up watching even Stevens and he was so good. Um, yeah. Anyway. So 
she, what Olivia had done was gone to the press and talked about this movie and talked about herself being like a champion for women. And what actually happened behind the scenes is that Shia quit the the movie on his own. And mm-hmm. he had said that, um, and he had sent videos of her begging him to come back. And what he was saying in his email to her was, I get it that the current environment and the current climate is one where you want to try to talk about Me Too as a way to benefit your movie, but like, don't mm-hmm. do it at my expense because I'm already paying the price for what I did, which I'm yeah. owning that I did some really fucked up things to twigs, but please don't use that as a reason for why I'm not in your movie and yeah. that you're like some sort of champion. So I'll take a pause there. Hill. What are your thoughts about this? <laughs> well, so I don't know. Right. So I, I obviously I've seen a trailer for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't want to comment on, um, something about it annoys me um, only Mm. because the the thing that like, I think Olivia Wilde is very talented. Um, Mm -hmm. I like everybody that I saw in the trailer. I don't know how I feel about Harry Styles as an actor. He was Mm -hmm. okay in that one movie that I saw, but it feels like, like all the stories around the movie are way bigger than the actual movie itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's like a strategy. I would I would assume that it's some sort of strategy to like kind of stay in the press somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then given like the subject matter of the movie itself, yeah. um, I can see why um, why they would take that route. Right. Like why she would again, just like Shia said, that I can see why she would say that, you know, I want to make sure that uh, women feel empowered on the set. And it's important that I directed it as a woman and, and, and all that stuff, right? It feels like um, everything uh, other than the movie itself mm-hmm. is what's in the news now. Um, yeah. So I don't know how good that is um, for the movie. I don't know how good that is for, like, overall. Because, you know, obviously, like, this, like, this narrative stuff about, like... Um, uh, female directors in Hollywood and stuff like this. It's been going on for a while and it's an important conversation, right? Um, and then when you get like exposed like that for lying and apparently lying for no reason, yeah, that's not good. That's not yeah. good for anybody. Yeah. Um, it's not good for your movie and it's definitely not good for everybody else, right? I mean, it, I, I, like Olivia Wilde being a director is a big deal, yeah. right? But Olivia Wilde was also a famous actress for 15 years. Yeah. The, the the women that are in it for you know that want to make movies they, they don't have the luxury of having a 15-year career right and yes. when you do bullshit like this yes. it ruins the opportunities for other people down the line so yeah i mean i feel i'm i've been out on olivia wilde since i found out that she's like essentially just like a super rich kid she's like a super duper rich i mean she her family goes back to like the mayflower and then from the mayflower to like whatever was before that like they're just Mm -hmm. unbelievably wealthy she grew up in georgetown like she's extremely privileged she went to private schools like she's not and that's fine that like if you can grow up wealthy and have all the connections and become like an actress and all but it just continues to feel like she is trying to make herself more interesting than she is like she's trying to give herself more depth than she really earned and that's really frustrating now today i think that or like yesterday yeah there was a venice film festival is going on where they premiered the movie where they showed the movie or whatever soup's awkward because (laughs) 
Florence Pugh has refused to do any press. Ooh. And Miss Flo has refused to do any any press. And Chris Pine is in all these interviews with Harry Styles. And Chris Pine is like fully dissociating. Like he's just sitting next to Harry Styles, like, why the fuck am I here? Like it's like <laughs> Harry, like they asked Harry Styles, like, what do you think about this movie? Like, where are you excited? So there's like this whole stretch of him saying something like, you know, like, you know, it's it's a it feels like a movie. Like it's a movie. Like if you know, you think about like going back to the movies, like this is a movie that feels like you would go back to the movies, like to the theater to watch a movie. And he's just like looking there, like, what the hell are you talking about? And then Florence Pugh apparently arrived super late to the premiere. And when she shows up, she doesn't hug what's her name at all, Olivia. She doesn't look at Olivia at all. Um, Chris Pine is like gushing over her. She doesn't talk to Harry at all. And then when they showed like footage of them getting their like standing ovation and going and sitting down, it's really awkward because Harry and Olivia are not really talking to each other. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so the seating is Olivia sitting there, then Chris Pine is sitting there, then Harry comes in and sits next to Chris Pine. And when he's going to sit next to him, like next to Harry's going to sit next to Chris. Chris Pine, you could tell he's like clapping and he kind of like pauses and just kind of cringes a little bit and looks around like, oh God, this is really happening. And he sits down next to him. And then at the end, when they're all doing like standing ovations and stuff, Florence Pugh is like two people away from there and she refuses to turn and look at Olivia at all. Like her back is like, she's fully just looking at Nick Kroll, who's like on her left side and Olivia Wilde and all the rest of the cast are on the right side. She's just not looking at them. It's amazing. I'm like really just fascinated by the 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 um, the nosedive of Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Enjoying it, and yeah, I don't know it's, for me, but I'm not a nice person, I guess. No, but you know it. It is. It's. I don't know if it's sad or ironic or what it is, right? Because obviously this is a movie for women or, you know, that's focused on women. Yeah. It's been made by women. Um, so, like, you know, you you expect, like, the media to kind of go along with that, right? Like, all of the right. stories and everything to be about that. Um, and it felt like, at the beginning, that that's what it was going to be about, right? Um, and then for it to turn into, like, this, um, I hate to use the word caddy, but, mm -hmm. you know, this is, like, a caddy situation, um, and so I think the the Schadenfreude that people will take, the wrong type mm -hmm. of people will take from this is I'm it is delicious. <laughs> well, so you are you you're just you know you're just having fun, right? I am. But there's there are other people out there that are looking for an excuse to put Not women well. down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. To, to add to the misogyny of it all. Exactly. Um, like this is what happens. So yeah. that's a bummer, but you know. Yeah. Honestly, uh, for me, it has really just amplified Florence Pugh further and also Chris Pine. You know, yeah. I think Chris Pine might be my number one Chris right now. I don't know why you're, I don't know why you are whispering that. I'm a big fan of Chris, Chris Pine. Evans, I don't want to hear, I don't want Chris Evans to hear and get his feelings hurt. I watched um, when this Gray Man movie was coming out, Chris oh, yeah. Evans was doing like interviews or whatever that would come up. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. he was like really leaning into the Boston accent though. Like, he was, like, drunk and, like, very, very Boston. Evans? Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I it was super hot. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm into this. I didn't know that this is the thing that I'd be into. Um, yeah, what did you I, think about? Sorry, the, the the trailer for the movie when you watched it. Is that something you want to watch? So I really genuinely wanted to watch this movie because I like these kind of like trippy sort of psychological thriller type movies. I was excited to watch it because I liked everybody that's in the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been a big fan of Nick Kroll for many years, for like 20 yes. years now. So I I was just really excited for all of that. I would have watched it regardless of all this stuff going on. But um, I I love Florence Pugh. And so yeah. I will watch pretty much anything she's in. And the fact that she's like working the red carpet, giving hard, cold shoulders to people that she doesn't like and still yeah. like showing up and being like lovely to everybody else that she actually wants to mess with. It's like kind of it's the best. It's like, oh, as a woman, actually, I'm learning from her that like when you're confident in yourself, you don't have to fuck around with people like this. Like you don't have yeah. to bow down to Olivia and all this shit. And then they asked Olivia at the press, like they were asking her about like, you know, about Florence and what do you say about the rumors that are going on? And she kind of just denied it. She was like, you know, I'm not going to add to like the fodder on the internet. But, um, you know, I'm glad that Florence can come and I'm really excited to celebrate her and her work. And she was brilliant in the movie. And it's hard to get away from uh, filming. And she had to leave Dune to be here. So she kind of put it on Olivia not being in or Florence not being involved as much because she's filming another movie. But I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) When I watched the trailer, right? The thing that, um, and this is comp- this is so unfair because I obviously haven't watched the movie. But what kind of annoyed me about it was that everything looked super pretty, right? And yeah. I know that in some way, like I kind of have an understanding. It's, it seems like a Stepford Wives type of situation, right? In, Correct. In, yes. You know whatever the storyline is. Um, I didn't like that everything looked as pretty as it did. You know, it's like um, it shouldn't be that pretty. Right. I, I don't know if it should be or shouldn't be, but it's it's kind of like, you know how when you watch um, uh, Succession, right? Yeah. After we watch Succession, I don't want to be a rich person. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like a terrible. So there's like the commentary there. Right. I hope this movie has a thing where it's it's not just, you know, it doesn't just end up being about like, look at how amazing these people looked in this movie, because that can happen a lot of times. Like, you know, what you get out of it is just like, oh, look at look at this style. Look at how good lo- this person is, uh, you know, look at how good this person looks and all that stuff. Um, and then it takes away from, you know, whatever the actual movie is about, which I think is what I'm worried about. Well, I think there's a lot of people that do watch Succession and still want to be really filthy rich. And I think yeah. that there's a lot of people that watch will watch a movie like this and just continue to talk on and on about how beautiful it was. I mean, like the fact that people throw Gates Great Gatsby parties, I'm like, what are you celebrating? <laughs> it's not good. So like I feel like it's kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah. It might happen. It's like Mad Men. Um everybody's beautiful, but everybody probably smelled really bad and was cheating yeah. on you. All the B.O. All the B.O. Um, one more thing. Did you see the little clip of Tom Cruise saying? Oh, did I? Okay, your husband. <laughs> the one on the plane? Yeah. Can you describe it to everybody as a as a cruiser? <laughs> so he seems like he's slurring in the thing, but you understand why it is. So it starts off with Tom Cruise on a plane. You can tell he's in the air, 
right? Yeah. He's just yeah, yeah, yeah. standing on a plane talking to a camera about <laughs> how excited he is about Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossible 8 coming out next year. And it's slowly, like, panning backwards. So you see more and more. And you can, you realize just how high up he is. And there's a pilot. There's somebody else actually flying the plane. But he's, stand, he's like, sitting and just facing the camera. And then it ends with him standing up. And the fucking plane just nosedives. And he's standing the entire time. It's so amazing. I watched it like three times. <laughs> what did he say? Something? He's like, welcome back to the movies or something like that? What did yeah, he say? I have, I have no idea. I was too busy. I was, I was too busy being engorged. <laughs> it's so do great. Think, How do, do you not know? love that guy? Like, like, you know, that is somebody who is giving his all just for the movie. Like, isn't that something that we should be celebrating? Well, I don't believe in giving my all to anything, so I don't celebrate yeah. that. <laughs> my guy, TC. <laughs> People are like, this is his response to, like, the Nicole Kidman AMC movies thing. You know the Nicole oh, Kidman yeah. intro? <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that recently. I know. It's like, between Nicole and Tom, you're in heaven. You love them both <laughs> so much yeah um okay uh one more thing this is trending on twitter and i'd love to get your answer somebody posted a question it, it was one gotta go vocally speaking you have to oh i saw this yeah you know who i'm gonna pick beyond i know beyonce whitney mariah carey or adele actually on i'm vocal, not gonna pick mariah on vocal strength alone who who's gotta go so i um have and this is just because I don't, I really haven't heard a lot of it, but I don't really think of Beyonce as this vocal powerhouse. I don't know Beyonce's, like, I know, her, like, the music, <laughs> I'm already scared. Um, I don't, like, when I think of Beyonce, I think of, like, the performances. Mm -hmm. I think of how much work she puts into each of the albums, like, yeah. the, like, the producing and all of that stuff. And then her shows are, like, you know, it's a, it's a big show and it's all very impressive. Like I watched that Netflix documentary um, when she did it at Coachella and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. She puts up, but I never really think about her vocals. Mm -hmm. It's not something that stands out to me. So Beyonce for me has to go vocally. So I'm really weary of giving my answer or even talking to you about your, your answer <laughs> because the, I'm gonna the, celebrate bay, it. the bay hive is just like so intense yeah. i have said many times i don't know beyonce content like it, i have yeah. a complete blind spot for it like i know her music when it comes up like like i really enjoyed uh break my soul like i really enjoyed it but i'm a completionist and i feel like i need to consume all the beyonce in the order it was presented to understand yeah. the journey and so I have to watch all these, like, I've not seen Lemonade. I, I've only seen clips of, like, the Coachella performance. It looks amazing. I've seen enough clips to be like, this is a person who has really created an entire persona about themselves that mm -hmm. is like a Madonna or like a Whitney. Like, it is really incredible that she went from a girl group to being what she is now. Like, I do think yeah. that. She is, if you're going to call talk about icons, Beyonce is an icon. But again, for me also, I don't know enough of her catalog yeah. to give her 
the space vocally. So yeah, exactly. But I will say this. If you handed this card to these women, right? Yeah. If you these four women were together in a room, Adele would happily take herself out. She'd be like, I don't belong here. I don't want to be here. It's fine. I can take myself out because she loves and respects these other three women so much. Well, I mean, that's her persona. I don't know. As you know, I'm waiting for the Adele back, uh, the Adele backlash. Well, you already um, got some of it when she canceled her Las Vegas show. Yeah, buddy. I think yeah, you but... hate her now because she's skinny. I don't. First of all, what? what, what? It's absolutely not true. Found her, I, I, I think you found her more endearing when she was uh, curvier. 100% not true. I love Adele. I still love Adele. What I don't love is your love of Adele because <laughs> it's. It, I'd like to annoy you. That's uh, my. That's my place in the world. So let me ask you a question. Uh, Beyonce is off of our. Is off of the card, right? Oh God. Let's say, let's say we take Beyonce out. Mm-hmm. We slide Celine in. <laughs> what oh, are you no! doing then? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm taking Adele out. Ooh, really? Yes. Locally. Because I have to think about it this way. If it wasn't for Whitney, I don't know if we'd have a Mariah. Yeah. You know, and I, so I feel like that the 90s, like divas, VH1 divas of Whitney, yeah. Celine, and Mariah. I can't believe Shania Twain was in there. <laughs> She's the best part of that first show. <laughs> when you hear Let's Go Girls, do you want to break down a door? Uh, <laughs> um, what was that song that I was listening to a lot recently? I shared it with you from this moment. No, no, it was a uh, it was a, yeah, it was a Shania song. It was faster. Uh, I gotta find it. I'll find it. Um, it's on. It's on my. It's on my YouTube searches. Um, so for me, um, I would get rid of Mariah, and here's a reason why. The Mariah songs that I really love, I don't know if her vocal range is like the highlight, right? Like, Always Be My Baby is her vocal range the highlight. Like, you know, when she goes off and does her, it does it does nothing for me. Just because so it doesn't do listen- anything for you doesn't mean that it's not vocally impressive. It is extremely impressive, but I don't give a shit if it's impressive. It's about what I like to hear, you know? Yeah, but we're talking about vocal strength alone. No, but it's not vocal strength. It's who you want to listen to. So, like Whitney and Adele and Celine, when I hear to them, when I hear them, I hear their vocal prowess within the song that I like. Like mm-hmm. they're making, they're taking full advantage of it. Mariah, it's just, it's great, it's impressive. But what do I care? It's like it's like an NBA player being like really amazing at slam dunks, right? In the dunk contest. I don't really okay. care about about that. You know, I'm impressed by it, but if it doesn't translate to the game, what does it matter? By the um, way, the the song is "I'm Gonna Get You Good." There's two versions. There's one version called Red, and there's one version called Green. One of them is country. The other one's a little bit more techno. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna. Get- in the middle of the night. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a very predatory song. Um, okay. I'm, gl- I'm glad we've settled that. Okay. I have, um, let's talk about Game of Thrones now. So before okay. we go into it, I have an I am the, a- am I the asshole for you? And I'd love to get your opinion on it. Okay. The answer is probably yes. <laughs> okay. The title is 
Am I the asshole for not wanting to attend a Game of Thrones themed wedding? Oh, God. My friend Lexa is getting married soon. She and her husband are extreme Game of Thrones fans. They've watched the show five plus times. Their house is decked out with Game of Thrones theme decorations, accessories, etc. Because of their shared love of Game of Thrones, Lexa and her fiance decided to have a Game of Thrones themed wedding. I'm perfectly fine with the idea of a themed wedding. I'm even okay with a Game of Thrones dress costume for the wedding. The only thing I can't seem to get behind is the fact that the majority of the wedding will be conducted in high Valerian. For those of you who don't know, it's a made-up language from Game of Thrones. Her wedding is also a destination wedding, and I'm finding it hard to justify going out of my way to a wedding that's not even in a real language that I won't be able to understand. Am I the asshole if I don't go? I mentioned that I was having doubts to Lexa, and she got mad at me because I had originally said I could go before I knew it was in High Valerian. She's been <laughs> she's also been sending me links to learn High Valerian on Duolingo. And I feel like even if I did show up, she'd be mad at me for not learning it. Also, the reception will also be in High Valerian, and all the speeches and toasts are expected to be in High Valerian, too. Uh, this person, whoever posted this, is an asshole. The High Valerian is clearly an excuse. She doesn't want to go to the Game of Thrones wedding because she doesn't want to go to the Game of Thrones wedding. Why is it a she? Huh? It a because she? she's friends with Alexa. I don't know. I assumed. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. This person yeah, is an asshole. Assuming that this person is a woman. Yeah, you're an asshole for that. Um, but yeah, but this person is an asshole because it's not about the high Valerian. Like, it, that would be like somebody not coming to your wedding because, like, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She just I doesn't want to go. Or, sorry, they just don't want to go. How dare you? Still they, they, this person who is clearly a woman, just yeah. doesn't want to go. <laughs> Um, now, uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, what did you think about the latest episode of House of the Dragon? I enjoyed the ending a lot. I was um, worried you would think because you've been so hem and haw about it, and so I wasn't yeah. sure how you were going to feel. I like the ending. It reminded me of, remember when, uh, I forget what it's called, when Jon Snow became Jon Snow, when he, so when we saw the Night King for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. battle at the end, because I wasn't expecting it to be as long as it was, and it just kept going. Yeah, when um, he I really cuts a, cuts a White Walker with a Valerian sword. Yeah, that one. Um, but aside from like the action part of it, I really liked um, the. I don't. I don't. I don't know the names yet. But uh, the main character's best friend, who is now her stepmother, Alessant. Alessant, yeah. That lady was amazing. Like, just looking at it from, like, the two episodes, from, like, mm -hmm. the first two episodes when she's her best friend to, like, now when she's been her stepmom for, like, three years or whatever, that lady's so good. Like, I actually bought her as a queen and, like, you know, a wife to this old king, whereas before she just, she was just a, you know, just a young kid or whatever. So, yeah, the actress. Great. The actress actress that plays Alessant is also um, she also played a young Diana in Wonder Woman movies. Oh. So yeah, I loved her. Yeah, I agree. I she actually like, and I felt genuinely bad for her when like she goes out to the Godswood and <laughs> and Rhaenyra's listening to her Spotify playlist on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> And she tells the guy, like, you need to stop or whatever. Like, she's not trying to. It's like, uh, but 
So the thing I found frustrating about this episode was that I do wish that it wasn't skipped three years ahead because I would have liked to know what has happened between Alessand and Brunera because Mm -hmm. like they have a conversation after he made that announcement that he was going to marry her. Like, what was that like? What? Because like she's continuing to fuck her dad. (laughs) are we talking about it? Are we not? Because Rhaenyra also doesn't seem like the kind of person that would keep her opinions to herself. Like, she would let you yeah. know, like, by the way, you're a, the fucking asshole for marrying my dad, you know? Now, but, I was going to ask you that question. Is she an asshole? Is she an asshole in that situation, in that environment? Is she an asshole? Because so, you got you to gotta compare it to who, who the other option was, which was a 12-year-old. Oh, of course. Of course, of course. I mean, Rhaenyra's options right now are a disgusting, like, misogynist Lannister or her two-year-old brother. So, like, (laughs) the choices are bleak in this world. I feel feel for a character like her because she is somebody who, like, obviously the way that they've set up these two women is Rhaenyra is like, fuck your duty. And Alessandre is like, no, we we live in the world of duty. And that is so, like... I always find that that like difference always very interesting. Like I like the crown because the early season of the crown, Princess Margaret and Queen Elizabeth had that very much there. Yeah. Also, um, I I feel so bad for her because if you grow up thinking, and I guess I can compare it to like I'm not that way, right? Because I don't give a shit about most Daisy things. Like I don't really do all the traditional stuff, even though I have a pretty traditional life. But I understand like growing up in an environment when you where you think that the way the world is is the only way the world can be. Like yeah. you don't have the choice of speaking up against your dad. Like and yeah. and apparently like this girl, her dad her mother passes away years before the show starts. So she only has her dad. Yeah. And it's likely that she's been told that this is all she has to do and she has to fill the shoes and all that stuff. So like I don't know I don't understand that way of thinking because I don't think that way, but I understand so many of my friends who think that way that I get that world of like, this is just your duty. So you just have to do the thing because even despite getting married to the King and everything, she's still getting pushed around by her dad to be like, you need to go and do this. What I do like is that when she is told by her dad to go and talk to him about her son, instead what she does is, she doesn't talk to the king about her son becoming Mm -hmm. heir. Instead, what she does is she convinces her dad, or she convinces her husband to politically do the thing that her own father has been telling him not to do. And like, we think that it just is a coincidence, but it's not because whenever Otto is talking to the king, Alessandra is always listening. Yeah, She's always paying attention. So, so far it looks like she's a, good person but just somebody who's tied by like duty and tradition yeah. but in the previews for the season you sh- you saw her opening a knife uh at Renera, so i don't know i haven't yeah i have i don't think i know like the, that, preview but... the whole show it showed that oh okay yeah. i know she's my um she's the most uh she's my favorite character so far um and that's just based off of the, this latest episode um, and just kind of comparing and contrasting to the earlier one. She's a, at least the most interesting person. I think the others, you know, you kind of get an idea of their motivations or whatever. Um, 
but she's the only one that, I don't know, I'm excited to see where that goes. Well, similarly, do you think Viserys is a good father? So, yeah, I mean, uh, same thing there, right? So I was expecting him to make a Yui on his, you know, on that proclamation of, you know, or naming her his heir. But he's Mm -hmm. really, he's like, no, I really did think about this and I want this. And um, again, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because of the times that they're showing in the show. Um, But yeah, I think within that environment, I think, I think he's a good guy. He's somebody that I'm going to be sad to see die because I'm sure he's going to die soon. Yeah, of course. I mean, his, his fingers are just falling right off. Yeah. And tetanus wounds left and right. Things are just somebody give this man a neosporin. Um. Anyway, uh, what do you think about uh, Damon Targaryen, who really flexed his shit, had no dialogue in the last like ten minutes of the show, but was quite uh, front and center. I like him. I mean, again, uh, I um. I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. But then I was like watching it and I was also like, why don't you just do this for like the last two years? Like why? (laughs) As a thought set, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So like he could have just done this the whole time. I'm like, you don't understand because you're not fueled by like petty anger against your siblings. Like you don't get it. (laughs) Like I feel like I get it because I hate our oldest brother. So I feel like I. Untrue. I don't hate him, but he does grind my gear. Okay. <laughs> I see that drive, right? That like drive of like, you no, know, you don't get yeah. to fuck save me. Okay. I'll do this my way. Um, I wouldn't beat up a nice messenger. That would, that wouldn't be my move, but yeah. I What? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I recall uh, you uh, yelling at a lady during your wedding when they messed up the hotel reservations. Okay, but I didn't hit anybody. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, those are all the things I wanted to talk to you about. That's it. That's it. Quick episode. I know. I know. Sports. Yeah. What else is going on in sports? The Your husband game. and I are about to be in a fantasy draft in like forty-five minutes. I, at nine fifteen, no. Oh, is it nine fifteen? Yeah. Pain in the ass. I mean, three of those this year. I don't know why. The kids are going back to school tomorrow. Oh, how do you feel about that? I'm so excited. Does it free up your time? Yeah. I don't what? know, those poor little angels. They don't really <laughs> do anything. Yeah. Oh my god. There's they interrupt constantly. Constantly. Like sometimes they just they don't even say anything. They just like walk in with their loud devices and it just that alone is a distraction. And so there's two things happening this week. The kids are going back to school, and I'm going into the office for the first time in two and a half years on Wednesday. Oh, wow. Where is that? Berkeley Heights. Not that far. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's close. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited because I'm going to wear real adult pants. Oh, Hard nice. pants to work. <laughs> yeah. What else? I'm excited and nervous. Um, and... And that's it. Uh, and then the football season starts on Thursday. This football is a very season. exciting time. It is a very exciting time. College football started yesterday or this no, weekend. But uh, I, I have, I have, uh, I have uh, 
moral quandary watching college football. So we we don't talk about that. Why? Because the kids don't get paid. Yeah, you know, obviously the kids the kids don't get paid in any of the college sports, which is stupid. Um, especially when the coaches get paid tens of millions of dollars and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really gross. Like, especially like the sec and stuff um, where like all these coaches get paid, like all this money and they can leave anytime they want to. But if the kids want to leave, it's um, you know, it's a problem. They have to sit out a year or whatever. And then they like sell all these kids on like, you know, team unity and you have to be a man and all this other stuff. And like the coaches don't follow that at all. Right. They just like take all these kids and then they just use them for their talent and then they just get rid of them. Right. Because like the machine is so big, they get paid so much money and they really don't give a shit. So just the hypocrisy of that upsets me about all college sports. Um, But then when you look at something like football, right. And you look at like how much it takes out of you, like, mm-hmm. you know, physically and mentally, um, you know, like the long term effects of football. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can make it into the league and they can get paid for their town or whatever. But like they are literally like tens of thousands of kids every year that don't that yeah. they can't make money. And, you know, and they're basically just their bodies are just used up for their talent. And then they're just kind of. I have a question. Can college sports kids um, make money on the internet? So this is a new thing that started where they, uh, it's called NIL. It's called name image likeness. So now they can finally make money off of their name and their image and their likeness. So they can get sponsorships, right? But they can't be tied to the college in any way. That bullshit still goes on. So like you can't be like, you can't, you can't pose in like your Alabama football shirt, um, but you know, but you're a famous person, so you can you know sign get an endorsement deal out of sight or something. Well, so hopefully he, a lot of these kids can get on like Instagram and just like become influencers and yeah, make so a ton of money. That's how some of them are making money now, right? But like, it's like the the, the size of college football is so huge, um, and there's just so many players there's so many kids that just kind of get thrown into it right like i think the 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 football scholarships for it is like every school has like a hundred kids or something that can get a scholarship out of that uh so there's 32 teams seven rounds was 32 times seven so like 200 and let's say like 230 kids make it to the nfl every year tens of thousands of kids that have just been you know that have given their all to like the sport and like on top of that like you know like what they get in exchange or what they've gotten in exchange so far is just like free tuition right but then the fucking schools like make it as hard as possible for them to actually go to school because football is so big like you have to give so much time to the practice and the and the film study and all this other stuff. Right? Why are we allowing this kind of oppression? I don't understand. Yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst. Um and then even like within um like so even when you look at like the like the like the the types of kids that are playing you know there are certain kids that they get out of certain neighborhoods or certain areas where they just use them for their talent and then once they're done with it they just get rid of them and then there's other kids that are like prep school kids that you know, that afterwards that there's like a plan of action for them, right? They become boosters or they're still 
associated with the colleges and there's you know there's a way that they can make a living so you take all of that and it's just it's terrible but it's very the the problem is like the the actual like the football game the college football game is actually so way fun. more exciting so than fun. the nfl huh it's so fun i've watched it's it. so much fun yeah it, because you know they're like the defenses aren't as good so there's high scoring and it's a bummer. So, you know, the real victim in all this is me because I have to deal with this with moral quandary. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Like, there was this game yesterday, which is like the greatest college football game I've ever seen. And I was watching it. I had a great time watching it. And then I was like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Well, is that, isn't that how you feel when you watch porn sometimes? Huh? Isn't that how you feel when you watch porn sometimes? Um, No. At least you're not spending your money on Larsa Pippen's feet pictures on OnlyFans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>